0: So this is a little bit embarrassing, but uh, I'll tell you anyways. I didn't realize until I was sitting outside grilling up my my country-style pork rib things that um, today is the last episode that I'm going to be doing before the draft begins. So we should probably get real specific here. We don't have like a whole week to flesh this thing out. Um, so I also realized that I completely forgot to mention the biggest bit of news yesterday, which was that the Packers picked up two guys and my thoughts on that. So that's what we're doing. Going to talk about these two guys. Uh, I'm going to talk about a Well, just, we're going to talk about a lot of prospects basically, but talk specifically about two guys. I looked at one of the videos I posted the other one I deleted because it just, I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't quite wrap my head around what I was seeing. So I just, I just like, you know what? I'm just going to delete this and go to bed. But then at the end of of all this, I kind of want to look at, not that it matters, but I want to look at what some of the best mock drafters, and I did this last year as well, and I don't think one person got it correct, but who are the top mock drafters? Who gets the, the most correct on these mock drafts, and what are they saying the Green Bay Packers are going to do? Now, here's the crazy thing, and it also is going to lend itself to these mock drafts and the media being wrong again. When you look back, we should have seen Rashawn Gary coming. I mean, at the very least, somebody should have brought it up. I, I was the only one that I know of, and I didn't say the Packers are going to take him. The, the best that we can do, the best that I've seen, is me after we got uh, Preston and Zedarius saying, you know what, Rashawn maybe does make sense. Because I had said he doesn't fit with what we're doing. He's a down defensive end. It's not going to make sense. And then you look at the, the size and all that stuff. And I said, dude, Rashawn might actually be a candidate. Here's the thing. We knew there was a lot of mock drafts last year saying the Packers are going to take Brian Burns. So it's not as though nobody saw edge rusher coming because we just picked up two edge rushers. That's nonsense. We were all looking at edge rusher. Beyond that, the only other bit of information that we knew that I talked about constantly, which is, again, why I'm embarrassed that it never even crossed my mind outside of mentioning it in passing, is the fact that Brian Gutekunst went in person, which is a big deal, to Michigan. They put in a lot of work in Michigan. There was a ton connecting the Packers to Michigan. But it was always somebody else at Michigan. It was never, what about Rashawn Gary, ever. So even with the Packers picking at 12, which makes it easier than picking at 30, even with the the knowledge that edge rusher is potentially an option, even with the knowledge that Michigan has real strong ties to the Green to the Green Bay Packers this year and the idea that Rashawn Gary is a good value rated around twelve. Nobody nobody said, hey the Packers are gonna take Rashawn Gary at twelve. Because rather than just following the breadcrumbs, everybody just follows everybody else. Because if somebody said that, everybody was oh no, that's ridiculous. And so everybody's mock draft kind of looks like everybody else's mock draft, so they're all wrong together. It's just, it's just frustrating, because that was a real opportunity to get that one right, and we just chose not to, because of groupthink. I no, I, I think Brian Burns makes more sense. Because, I mean, and, and it kind of makes sense, right? We all kind of convince each other. We all throw out our theories, and we make our cases for months and months and months, and some cases make more sense than others. So rather than going out on a limb, it's like, nah, that, it kind of does make sense, or it kind of doesn't make sense, so I'm going to just stick with it. So we all say the same thing, and again, we're all wrong together. This year, again, it's going to be more interesting, because we don't even get to see... Going to pro days, right? Pro days are a big deal for a lot of reasons, and Brian Gudekunst mentioned it's not as much for evaluation, although it is somewhat about evaluation. But also, there's always that one or two schools where you see not only are the Packers represented here, and that's always big news like, oh, so and so teams are at this pro day, and so and so teams are at this pro day, and so and so really seems to like this candidate or whatever. There's also, hey, the Green Bay Packers are here in fours. So and so is here. Um, so, and so, you know, the, the, all the top brass are here again, that's what happened last year at Michigan. The year before that it was somewhere else, but I also think there was the meeting that was so whatever, but it, it just adds to now we don't even get the hint last year. We got a hint and we still chose not to make the right pick because we're too dumb this year. We don't even get that hint. So the, the, the bottom line is the list of potential draft picks at 30. Oh, Ugh! Take all the guys that could fall. Take all the guys that we could trade up for. That's sort of, you know, the the ceiling. There's a, a list of gu- It's got to be 20 guys that you could put in a mock draft at 30 that at least people wouldn't riot about. Add that to the list. Then basically everybody that you have a second round grade on could potentially be the pick at 30 because it's the Packers and because it's 30 and because we don't know everything. And because huge list and that's why this is a little frustrating to go through this and it's the same it's Denzel Mims and it's but let's look at it anyways because I don't know but then beyond that I just want to go through everything and I want to talk about different names and by the end of this at the very least I want to have said somebody's name that we draft if we draft anyone today instead of trading back which is a distinct possibility. I know everybody's convinced we're trading up now because Gudekun said if if somebody's there we like, we're going to trade up. Um, First of all, let's keep in mind, he never said they're doing that in the first round. He's just stating a fact that if somebody's available at a good value, we're going to trade up, which is a pretty generic statement that every single team in the history of the universe operates under. If you have the available draft capital to move up and get a guy that you think is a good value, you're going to move up and get him because he's a good value. And that's really all you're doing is drafting value talked about this before it's you know your draft pick is a is value right the first overall pick is 100 bucks by the time you get to 30 you got like a four dollar bill but if you can get something that's worth six dollars with your four dollar bill you just do it because duh because at the end of the day when you're playing with a football team and everybody has their certain salary cap while you can only spend a thousand dollars yeah but i got two grand worth of stuff here because i know what i'm doing that's what it's about it's about getting $2,000 worth of stuff with $1,000. And you do that by overdrafting, by drafting more than what you can get based on the value that you have, right? It's all, that's all we're talking about. Anyways, so the, you know, he said he intends to move around. He likes to move around, which makes sense. Because again, if this is just about value, the odds that the best value is at the pick that you're at, not the highest in the world, right? If we can package our $4 bill and our $3 bill and move up to get somebody worth ten dollars. Let's just do it. Or if you don't have that kind of value, you wait until your pick, and then you got your four bucks. And you say, is there anybody here worth five dollars? If there is, you just take them. If there's not, but there's at least people with worth four dollars, it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll do it. On the other hand, you still take phone calls because maybe there's ten people here that are worth four dollars, and somebody's going to give you, you know, five bucks to move back. They're going to give you their four dollars and another dollar later on to move back. And it's like, all right, well, I can still probably get somebody worth $4. And then we got another pick later. Bonus. I'm sure the math is is, is off on some level, but you get what I'm trying to say, right? It's all just about value. When you go into the draft and you have your draft picks, and this is why Ted wanted more draft picks. it's, It's literally something that you can convert to dollars. Okay, not literally, but you, 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 it's just, it's value. So you got pick 30, pick 62, pick whatever. You add that all up. It's, it, you know, if you look at the trade value charts, just that's how much value you have. And the point is you want to walk out with more than what you were given. That's Brian Gudekunst's goal. So when you see it, you move. Probably over that, but that's okay. Anyways, that's the goal for today. I want to say thank you very, very much to Todd. <laughs> I did huge dummy (laughs) what is this show i want to say thank you to todd and (laughs) i can't even say it thank you to todd and princess thunderballs for your support on patreon oh i have the best part-time job in the known universe i don't know if you knew that i don't know what you do on the side but um i win what do you do for a living well princess thunderballs pays me to talk to him about football how about you Oh, pizza? Yeah, I like pizza. Maybe you deliver me a pizza tonight. Yeah, it'd be great. If I ever get a new job that's going on in my resume. Oh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Anyways, let's take a break, and um, we'll just talk. We'll just list names. That's all we're doing today. We're listing names. Be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones About seeing what you could potentially get. Right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena pack packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. Ten percent off a four hundred dollar slab pack. That's forty bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena club.com slash packdaddy for ten percent off your first purchase. All right. Let us let us come together, let us reason together. Children of the night. So, first of all, um, yesterday the Green Bay Packers claimed defensive tackle Gerald Willis and defensive end Jamal Davis off waivers. Now, as soon as I saw this, I just started laughing. Because if you've been listening to my show for a year at least, you may or may not remember that my big anti-prospect, kind of how I feel about Mims this year, but to a much, much greater degree, I'm talking borderline disdain was for Gerald Willis, and it's it's nothing against the guy, but the fact of the matter is people were talking about Gerald Willis as a potential second-round prospect, if I'm not mistaken, saying he's a really good pass rusher, maybe even the, the talk out into the first round, I don't know, but Gerald Willis was hyped up big time, and I watched him, and I basically did what I'm kind of doing for... I guess C.D. Lamb and Denzel Mims, but to a lesser degree, because again, with, with CeeDee, I'm, I'm conceding I'm probably wrong. Denzel Mims, I'm saying I don't think it's going to pan out, but I could be wrong. Gerald Willis, I just said, nope, I don't even care. This dude, just there's nothing here. It was just a me against the world kind of situation. And the only thing I could think is that it became a groupthink thing, because there's no way the entire draft community actually watched this guy and said, oh man, he's good. The only thing I could think is some very respectable people liked something about him. Probably something very nuanced that I couldn't pick up and they couldn't pick up. And so they just did kind of what everybody else does. For the same reason, by the way, that when I say I don't like C.D. Lamb and I post videos of it, I don't get a whole lot of retorts. I don't get a whole lot of people saying, no, here's what you're missing, dummy. Which is exactly what I expect, by the way. And I find that interesting because everybody says they like him, yet not one person can tell me what it is that he's good. I had one guy tell me once, basically just reading off of what NFL.com said, he's got the body control of DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, dude, I read that same exact report two seconds ago. I'm asking you to watch film and show me something. And there's two YouTube... I'm going on a tangent here, but there's two YouTube videos of somebody trying to explain what makes C.D. Lamb a good wide receiver, and even they, in my opinion, failed because they were not good highlight clips. Anyways... Gerald Willis, this great second-round prospect, ends up going undrafted, which made me feel very happy, and the Packers didn't draft him, which also made me feel very happy, and he went undrafted to the Miami Dolphins. Kind of makes sense. He played for the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins picked him up, there you go. He played a grand total of 19 snaps, 8 in Week 12, 11 in Week 14, and that was the full extent of it. Miami, obviously, after letting him play 19 snaps in two weeks, decided, you know what, he's not even good enough to play for us, (laughs) for the Miami Dolphins. You're not good enough to make the Miami Dolphins? I'm not even sure the Hurricanes are much worse than the Dolphins, but okay, we'll leave that aside. He did end up getting two pressures on um, seven pass rush attempts against the Jets, which is pretty impressive, but when you're on that small of a sample size, it doesn't mean too much. Uh, he had two tackles, and that's it, because two snaps. Overall PFF grade of 55, which actually, for a rookie that played 19 snaps, 55 is pretty on par. So whatever. The Packers obviously saw something in them. They're trying to do something along the defensive line, kind of like they're trying to do something at every other position of need. And that's really what I see this as. Right, We're picking up anybody that we can find that can come play at the position of need, so that if we don't necessarily address... The issue in the draft, which we can't do everything in the draft, then we can at least say, well, we got Gerald Willis to kind of come in and be a rotational guy, and that's cool. And I just, I just looked it up for fun. Um, NFL.com had his draft range third and fourth round. He did start to fall. I'm positive he was a second round prospect for a while. He did start to fall, but he was still round three and four, and even that is ridiculous. As you can see, none of the teams. This is another example of the media saying something and the NFL community. Literally 32 teams looking at this going, you're dumb. Literally, because not one team even took him in the seventh round. So, I don't know, I it, it just made me shake my head. I mean, I, I very rarely find somebody and just say, I, ju- I just don't care for this person. Two of those instances where I have said negative things about guys that have nothing to do with the Packers are Gerald Willis and Devin Funchess, and, the, and Brian Gutekunst picked them both up. So the odds at this point, in my mind, that we take Denzel Mims through the roof, basically just, it's, it's like 95%, because, again, Brian Gudekunst his entire mission right now is to, uh, to spite me, because apparently he doesn't like my show, and every time I say something that he doesn't like, he's like, alright, I'll show him. Hey, get Funchess on the phone, we're taking Funchess. No, no, forget the Paramin thing, turns out he likes Pyramid, forget it, we're not doing it, let him go to the Jets, Funchess, get him on the phone. And then when I don't relent, and I keep coming with whatever it is I'm saying that's upsetting him, just just going right at him, take that goot, guy I've never said anything bad about, he's like, all right, you want to keep playing this game? You want to keep saying nice stuff? Go get Gerald Willis. He's not going to make the team. But it's still, how many months of me being upset about Gerald Willis being on the team? Several months of him rubbing that in my face. So, you know. Me and Goop, man, we got a little back and forth going, but, uh, you know, we'll get some mediation. We'll be all right. I just hope he doesn't take it to the extreme of getting Denzel Mims just to spite me. I mean, don't do that with the first pick. Take Jordan Brooks. Well, see, even that, though, even don't waste a fourth-round pick on him. This this is probably almost worst-case scenario for me, and literally Tony Pauline did a mock draft, and it was it was almost worst-case scenario for me. The first pick was Denzel Mims. The second pick was Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks, who is getting a ton of love recently, and this is, by the way, by the media, not necessarily by NFL teams, but it always makes me nervous when right before the draft you start to see a bunch of media members love a guy. Why? Because I think a lot of media members are full of it. I think you have guys that are close to teams and are starting to hear things. You have somebody say hear something in regard to a certain team really liking somebody. And so suddenly, I just discovered in film that I really like this prospect. And so you get people that look up to them and know that they know some stuff who are like, oh, yeah, I I always liked him too. And so I think that's kind of what starts some of these snowball effects. Now, whether that's good information or bad information, I don't know. But I kind of think that a lot of the stuff that we see is a lot of BS, to be frank. I think it's a lot of people who maybe they do have some talent in what they're doing, but they're still just going to fall in line. Because they want to be right, which makes sense. If you're doing this, you want to be the guy that said Jordan Brooks is a great prospect because when he goes in the second round, you can say, see, I told you so. So if you just hear a rumor that he could go in the second, guess what? Suddenly, I loved, I've i always loved Jordan Brooks. The problem is I can't get myself to do that. And so I will happily tell you, and again, I, I want to go back. I don't even know if I, have, I don't have time to do anything anymore. I should have taken today. Next year, I'm taking today off as well. I'm taking day one of the draft off. I, I took tomorrow off because I have to stay up late, and, and it's just its a holiday. Let's just call it what it is. The draft is a holiday. I'm next year. The whole thing, I'm taking off. Who knows? In a couple years, I might just take the whole month off. We, we'll see how it goes. Just, just going to quit my job because of the draft. But I, you know, I'll, I'll check him out again. But I had him as my linebacker 14 out of 18. Those guys that are just run defending linebackers, who are just big thumpers that couldn't. The the Jake Ryan guys in this draft class, I have higher than Jordan. I just have no interest in that. There, there are two guys. There are several guys that, that remind me of Packers' prospects. Right? There's a couple guys that are kind of like Burks, a couple guys that kind of remind me of Blake, but there's one guy for each of those prospects that just epitomize those players specifically. Logan Wilson, in my opinion, is Blake Martinez. I have him below Jordan Brooks. That's another guy that's really, really high on a lot of boards all of a sudden. He, he, he in my mind, is Blake Martinez. There's a lot of guys that are kind of Blake-ish. Logan Wilson is is Blake Martinez. Jordan Brooks is Oren Burks. I have both of those guys in my third tier, which is quote-unquote same old, which is to say these are guys that I could see taking in the third fourth round just like the Packers always have, and I think we're going to get the same production that we always have from these guys. I don't see anything above that. And, and a lot of these other guys that are in my second tier, I could see them being abject failures, but they at least have something that you look at they go, mm, I could kind of see that maybe working out just to kind of depends which way it falls. You see the flaws, you see the upside. So I put them in the second tier, which is the potential tier. That includes Troy Dye, Malik Harrison, Marcus Bailey, Cam Brown, Akeem Davis Gaither, David Woodward, Shaquille Quarterman, Joe Batchy, Evan Weaver, Willie Gay. There's only five guys not in the guys I really like and the potential tier. Only five. Jordan Brooks, Logan Wilson, Jacob Phillips, Kamal Martin, and then The no thanks tier, which is just, I see nothing of any benefit whatsoever. Justin Srinod out of Wake Forest. So again, the odds that we take Denzel Mims or Ezra Cleveland in the first round, and then follow that up with Jordan Brooks or Logan Wilson, pretty high considering what Gutekunst has been doing recently by uh, taking people that I'm not a fan of. Anyways, I am super ranty today. I'm, I'm, I, Every time I get to the end of something and I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay, I feel like I've, I've kind of got that off my chest. And then I kind of look back and it's like, how did I get here? I'm like lost in the forest and I'm trying to weave my way back. And it's like, oh my God, I wasn't even talking about it. I was talking about that. I'm still talking about the two guys that we just picked up. Somehow I ended up talking about Justin Stranod. Oh, today I'm, I'm just amped up for this draft, man. This is also my second giant mug of... Um, lukewarm instant coffee with a little fake sugar in it just just gets you geeked up man geeked i said geeked up and i'm gonna say it again i'll put it on a t-shirt and you're just gonna get over it talk to me about my vocabulary so gerald willis i'm not a huge fan of and if he ends up being a great defensive tackle for us fine i'll happily eat that i just i'm i'm very confident in the fact that that's not going to happen and that brings us to Mr. Jamal Davis, who was also an undrafted free agent. The Houston Texans picked him up. He was out of Akron, six four, two 240 pounds, basically the exact same situation. He played 12 snaps, only played for two weeks uh, toward the end of the season, week 15, week 16. His grade was a 40 overall. Um, I don't even remember him. So, I mean, th- this is this is nothing. I mean, this isn't even what we've been doing. I mean, Funches at least is something. Funches has the potential to be a number two wide receiver. Wagner is going to be our right tackle. Kirksey is going to be our linebacker. Whatever it is, I think of these guys, it doesn't matter. These guys are, I don't even think they're going to play. I think there's a good chance they don't even make the team. So again, I I tend to think this is just, we have some room and we have some needs still. We haven't addressed defensive tackle, so let's go here. And I know Jamal is edge, but whatever. We're, We're Defensive line, grab a couple guys, throw them in there. Fine, great, whatever. So, anyways, I kind of want to roll this back into. So, we're going to loop all the way back around, come back into this thing with uh, Tony Pauline because the thing that he had mentioned, and uh, as Andy Herman pointed out, it's worth noting that Ezra Cleveland and Jordan Love were off the board when the pick was made. He made the pick of of Denzel Mims, and I've made my my thoughts on that clear. I think Denzel Mims is just a big body wide receiver, and I think there's a lot of big body wide receivers. I think he gets a lot of credit. Because of that sort of snowball effect, when he ran what he ran at the 40, and then there was rumors about teams really liking him, suddenly the draft community fell in love with Denzel Mims. Suddenly they saw this magical tape that didn't appear before, that suddenly Denzel Mims, who was never a first-round prospect according to the draft community, suddenly he's this elite wide receiver, he's everybody's wide receiver three or four, He's everybody loves him magically. This happened out of nowhere. And granted, it takes a while for some people to get to the tape. Sometimes you go back and revisit it. But I think sometimes also you go back and revisit it and you look at it through these, these um, groupthink glasses. And it's like, ooh, you, know, you really like that one play. That's kind of just, if, if somebody else did it, you wouldn't care. But the point is, the things that he does that I do like, I just think you can find other guys that can do that. And again, I will give Denzel Mims credit for what he can do And unfortunately, I don't know that anything he did at the Combine really translates very well into what he does on the field. I think if you just put his tape on next to T. Higgins, and I mean, there is a litany of guys. So when I did this, I did my list before the Combine. So this is before all this. I had him as my wide receiver 11. One spot behind T. Higgins, who is my wide receiver 10. Because they're basically the same guy. By the way, Denzel Mims is 6'3". We act like he's 6'5 or something. I mean, LaVisca Chenault is 6'2". Jalen Rager's only 5'11", but he can probably jump up about as high as, as Denzel Mims can. So as far as going up and getting it, what does it matter anyway? Donovan Peoples-Jones is 6'2". Brian Edwards is 6'3". T. Higgins is 6'4". Justin Jefferson is six-foot-three. Isaiah Hodgins is 6'4". Michael Pittman is 6'4". By the way, I just watched Michael Pittman again. I think Michael Pittman, and I, I actually had him lower on my list, So this is me, I guess, changing my mind a little bit. But there was a lot of hype about Michael Pittman, and I can kind of understand it. But if you're looking for what Denzel Mims supposedly does well, I think Michael Pittman is actually a better version of Denzel Mims. He doesn't have all that athleticism that supposedly Denzel Mims does have. But again, just go watch what Denzel Mims does well. I think Justin Jefferson, or excuse me, looking at the wrong guy, Michael Pittman does a better job of being a big body wide receiver than Denzel Mims does upon looking at him a second time. Which, and, and listen, that's the second wide receiver now I've changed my mind on. Because I went back and looked at Tyler Johnson, and I haven't actually raised him up on my board because I haven't touched my board. But I like Tyler Johnson a lot more than I did when I first looked at him also. So, again, just, okay, let's work our way back through this forest now. So, that's for the 900th time my thoughts on Denzel Min. But he had him going there. What he said after that was, If he's not available, the pick is likely to be Ross Blacklock or Marlon Davidson. Now this is, it's such a bold way to say it, because I know he doesn't know who the Packers like. So to come out and say it's likely going to be Ross Blacklock or Marlon Davidson is just weird to me. But allow me to give you my thoughts on these particular prospects, and it's kind of interesting because I didn't realize it, and maybe it doesn't really matter. But my thought initially on Ross Blacklock, and I guess I'm I'm going to stand by it, is that it doesn't really make sense to me. As a prospect, I think Ross Blacklock is a guy who, unlike a lot of, you know, Javon is elite with that initial get-off. His speed is incredible, and he's he's a big dude. I don't think when you watch him play, if you didn't know how tall and how how heavy he was, you wouldn't really think of him as a, as a big, you know, just a big dude. He just kind of seems like a, a really fast player who maybe can't play the run quite as well, but he's a big dude. So you could understand how to be able to move that much mass that quickly, I, I think as a coach, you could say, we can coach up, you know, this guy, how to play the run maybe a little bit better. And then you just are kind of blinded by his athleticism. And, uh, you know, you look at Raekwon, as I have several times, it's very clear that he has limitations, but it's also very clear that he's very, very good in one particular category. With uh, With Ross Blacklock, I don't see elite anything. But you kind of see, if you just kind of lay out the traits that you like to see in a defensive tackle, he doesn't really lack anywhere. He's got decent enough speed, not top-end speed, not elite speed, but he's got decent enough hustle. He's got some good initial pop. I mean, usually, I'll say 95% of the time when he comes off, he's at least going to knock the guy back a couple couple yards or a yard. He's going to win that initial pop. Now, what he does after that maybe is a little less interesting but he's got enough strength to do that i've seen him throw guys to the side it's maybe not the prettiest thing it's a little bit labored it takes a long time he's a little bit off balance but his ability to hit a guy and then shed him you're right it's not as pretty as how raekwon might do it but he can do it so i i understand and i i, I don't know some people are really high on him part of the reason i do this is because i legitimately I'm, I'm not looking for an argument but i'd like to have somebody kind of just come back and say hey check this out and look how he does this and I, nobody does that Even when I listen to other podcasts, I mean, obviously some of the more draft-related podcasts they do. You listen to some Packers podcasts or whatever, and they talk about... I really like this guy. Okay, why? And they don't really elaborate, which is annoying. But here's kind of my issue with Blacklock, aside from the fact that I just don't want him at 30. When I watched him play, the one guy he reminded me of, and I love when I do comps to look just at Packers guys, because Packers guys are the ones that I'm most familiar with, and it's the most relatable, I think, to our audience... Mike Daniels is what comes to mind immediately. Now, he's taller than Mike Daniels, but he's he's a real low player. He likes to get low. He is strong. And when he sheds guys, he's kind of he's got this whole like I mean it's just it's a I, I don't know, but I mean Mike Daniels was a brawler, right? He got low and he beat you with that initial punch. He was also a gap shooter. And that's what Blacklock seems to like to do, much more than hold your ground, much more than kind of wait and shed. He likes to blow into the backfield. And even when he when he has high impact plays against the run, usually it's because he shoots off the line quickly between two guys and kind of pushes this whole pocket back and blows everything up. My issue then is that it would seem weird. And I understand Mike Daniels, a, a, a high, what am I trying to say? A, a big part of the reason why he was let go is because of his age and because he was about to decline and it was just all that. But he, would, he had one more year left on his contract. We didn't have to get rid of him. It's not like we just chose not to resign him. We cut him. We said, we don't want you on this team anymore. We want you to go away. I just think, and I've been saying this, Mike Pettin has a type. He changed what kind of edge rushers we have, right? We went from the Clay Matthews type to the zadarius type. We didn't draft. And, and and listen, this is this is what I was kind of starting to understand, but a little bit too late. Last year, when I was, kept talking about Brian Burns, Brian Burns, Brian Burns, and then there was that little moment of after Zedarius ago, and Rashawn Gary maybe makes sense based on prototype, but then I just kind of let it go. Yeah, Brian Burns. No, no, no. Listen to your instincts. We don't want Brian Burns. We want Rashawn Gary. This isn't a talk about, forget the whole, you know, whether you like him or not. The point is, what kind of a type does Mike Pettin like? I don't think Mike Pettin wants a six-foot-tall, 295-pound defensive tackle who gets low and shoots gaps. That's not what he wants anymore. Now, granted, uh, Ross Blacklock is taller. I think he's like six foot three. So, in terms of function, maybe he can function in the way that Mike Pettine wants him to. Whereas maybe Mike Daniels just couldn't. But in terms of current style, I just don't see that being a really good fit for what Mike Pettine likes. I just don't. Maybe that's the pick, and that's fine. But as I'm, I'm just thinking, I just, I don't think that's what he wants. Now, the interesting counterpoint. Is the fact that we picked up Gerald Willis. Gerald Willis is six four two eighty five, somewhat similar to Ross Blacklock, who is I think 6'3", 290. And again, remember Mike Daniels was six foot or six one or something. So if, if height is the and it's I don't even think it's so much height. I think with height comes longer arms, and that's kind of the the bigger issue here. But anyway, I just I'm I'm gonna say I don't think that's that's the case. And I don't know what Pauline knows or what he thinks he knows. Maybe he's heard rumors and rumblings that they really like him. That's fine. I don't know. I just, again, I watched him. I didn't really think that that made a lot of sense. The other guy mentioned was Marlon Davidson, and I just have a hard time understanding him in general. Holy cow, it is really late. That's, well, whatever. Marlon Davidson is six three, three 303 pounds. He's an edge rusher. I mean, that's what he was at all. Now, he's inside-outside. He plays down defensive end. He plays, so, 3-4 defensive end, like, you know, a down lineman. He played four-three defensive end, which is a pass-rushing defensive end, and he also played stand-up outside linebacker. Now, I'll admit, for a 300-pound guy, there was one play in particular. Because I, during that video that I did and eventually deleted, I basically just kept calling him a defensive tackle and said, "I don't want to see you stand up because I don't care what a 300-pound guy does standing up. I want to see how you can handle yourself in the trenches because you're 300 pounds." He at what it was versus LSU. On one rep, he did get to the quarterback in what I counted as less than three seconds from the stand-up position. That's impressive. Still, I just I don't see any scenario in which a guy that's over 300 pounds is going to come in and stand up as an outside linebacker and be successful. So I, I just don't get Marlon Davidson. He is the epitome of what I would call a tweener. Now, maybe if you want him to shed 30 pounds, at least 20 pounds, and stand up, fine. But, I, I mean, you're looking at a guy that, in my opinion... He's not size-wise, but with his hand in the dirt, he's not superimposing. And he's just too big to be on the edge. So I I don't know, man. Maybe it's just it's one of those things where I'm too wrapped up in the fact that he's 6'3", 303. But I, that's my opinion of him is that he's a tweener, which is which is like versatile, except you can't quite cover both aspects. Right? Versatile is you can play defensive tackle and you can play defensive end as a pass rush. Tweener is you're somewhere in between and you can't really do either. I would bet that he's going to be a tweener and not versatile, but that's the first thing you're going to hear if we do draft Marlon Davidson. He's a 6'3", 303-pound guy that has the ability to play down defensive tackle as well as off the edge, and that's going to get a lot of people excited. The question is, which one can he do, and can he do either very well? It's kind of similar to Kingsley Kiki. He's a defensive tackle, and it's like, yeah, but he's so versatile, he can play off the edge too. It's crazy. Well, that's that's crazy. I mean I, I mean, I could put a corner at defensive tackle if I wanted to and call him versatile. That doesn't mean he's good at it and he can do it well. You have to isolate each individual instance and say, okay, here's him as a defensive tackle. Is he good at it? Here's him as a defensive end. Is he good at it? Here he is as an outside linebacker. Is he good at it? And again, I, I think he's got decent enough reps that you can look at it and say, yeah, I guess he's kind of good at it. I just don't trust it. So again, if, if you want to drop 20 pounds and just have him fire off the edge from now on, cool. Or if you think he can play down as a defensive tackle, fine. Just let him just keep doing that. Stop with this nonsense. And again, on sub packages, fine. We've seen certain things where guys aren't necessarily optimal in these situations, but we'll put them there. But I, I just want to know what you can do, man. I just I'm I'm getting kind of tired of all the gimmicky stuff, the potential, the RAS, all this stuff. I'm just tired of it, man. Just just play football really well. He's versatile. What, you mean he stands in different spots on the field and fails? Yes, he does. He does do that. You're correct. And I I don't mean to say that about Davidson. Again, he wasn't a terrible prospect. I just, I'm just tired of hearing buzzwords that don't mean anything. Versatile. Just tell me good. Is he good? Is he a good football player? Okay, cool. That's all I want to know. He's got a a perfect 10 RAS. I I literally couldn't care any less. I really could not care any less. I mean, it's a great, I I, I shouldn't, I'm, I'm taking things too far as I tend to do. It's a great compounding effect, right? If you look at it and say, I really like this player and they have all this speed, you know, kind of like with me and KJ Hamler, I just think he's a great wide, re- I like him because he's a great wide receiver, but you add in his blazing speed, it just, it, oh, super exciting because there is that element of potential, but if all you are is potential, I just don't want it. Go away. I just don't care. Man, I am, I, I needed to have been done already and we haven't even, I feel like, gotten started. Oh, what to do, what to do. Let's start with this. One of the top, and this is from uh, the Huddle Report, they keep track of all this stuff of big boards as well as mock drafts. One of the top mock drafters is Kevin Hansen from Eat, Drink, and Sleep Football. That's one of the big boards that I use in my my aggregator. But he has the number one five-year average. He was second place last year um, as far as all the mock drafts. And this is out of 101 mock drafts submitted last year. Kevin, of course, has the Green Bay Packers taking Denzel Mims. Now, it's worth noting, like everybody else, he did not get uh, Rashawn Gary right last year. But, again, here you go. Somebody who is very good at, very proficient at getting all the right picks has the Packers taking Denzel Mims. Um, You had, last year in third place, Matt Jones from the Draft Examiner. He has... Um, he has the green bay packers taking cole Komet. now not only do i think this is ridiculous it's interesting that last year he had the packers taking tj hawkinson so he is convinced that tight end is is one of the biggest needs for the team um that that has been rising up a little bit there has been more and more talk about and maybe this actually might be part of where it comes from if it's not necessarily if we think about it again there's where is all this stuff coming from if it's not coming from teams it could also be that people who are very good at getting these mock drafts correct are saying things like Green Bay is going to take Cole Komet in the first round, and it's like, well, oh, wait a minute, just saying, maybe. Now again, I don't think that's going to happen, but there you go. Anyway, since I am wildly out of time, let's just skip ahead and do something here. So I posted a link um, I mentioned before. I've got packer.net.weebly.com. I've got the 2021 Big Board. What I did is I put the 2020 board on here. Um, I'm not going to be putting that. Behind a paywall anymore because it, it actually saves me a little bit of time, and I figure it's who cares, I don't get anything out of it anyways. Um, but I have my final 2020 Big Board. If you want to see it, uh, go to packernet.weebly.com, and then at the top, you'll see 2020 Big Board. Click that, and it'll be there. But I just want to very quickly run through names that I think are possible at 30, and it's a massive list. So I would say the highest guy on this entire list that is possible for the Green Bay Packers, um, I don't know, it's hard to say, you could go as high as number seven, CeeDee Lamb. Very, very, very unlikely, but we got to remember, first of all, there's a lot of wide receivers. Which teams like which wide receivers is a question mark. Which teams take which wide receivers is a question mark. Add in the potential of the Packers trading up, and you could have, for example, as I did in my mock draft, the Raiders didn't take a wide receiver chose to take kinlaw and then we're going to take a wide receiver with their second pick which is just about four or five picks later and so you could have things like that happening where teams that you expect to take a wide receiver don't and you've also got enough depth that some teams might take premier talent and say we'll grab a wide receiver in the second round then you have the first wide receiver goes and it's judy and the second one goes and it's rugs and the third one goes and it's mims i mean you just never know and then the packers trade up and get cd lamb very unlikely but again i'm just trying to list everybody Uh, Jedrick Wills is actually number eight which is shocking he is uh, officially on this final board offensive tackle number one I don't necessarily see it I don't really understand it his highest rank is fourth overall his lowest is 16th his average uh was 9.25 in other words ninth on on everybody's big board on average um it's exact same situation which teams take tackles which tackles go first add in the the element of the Packers potentially having the ability to trade up. Jedrick Wills is a possibility. Same for Judy, same for Wirfs, same for Andrew Thomas, same for Javon Kinlaw. I think Javon goes early, but could he fall far enough for the Packers to trade up? Now let me just say there's not a single prospect on this list I want the Packers to trade up for using our second round pick. I just, I just don't like that. Right? I don't want to give up our second to go up and get Judy when we can stay and get Rager. I would prefer Judy to Rager. But we're losing a second round pick? No, he's not that much better in my book. I, I really want that second round pick. I really do. But again, just going through the list. Henry Ruggs, exact same situation. Mackie Becton, same situation. Justin Herbert, wildly unlikely. He's number fifteen overall, but I think he's gonna go very early just based on teams wanting quarterbacks, obviously. He's gonna go probably top five. CJ Henderson, I don't think so. I think he's gonna go earlier than sixteen. Uh, Patrick Queen. The, the crazy thing about the linebackers is I, it's hard to get. It's impossible to get a read on where these guys are going to go. You listen to some people talk about some of these prospects like Kenneth Murray, and some of them are talking about. I don't even want him in the first round. You heard Mark Jarvis say he's not a big fan of Kenneth Murray at all. I just listened to a snippet of uh, I don't know one of the the draft shows, and they were ripping on Jordan Brooks. But they use Kenneth Murray as an example of why they don't like Jordan Brooks, because they don't really like Kenneth Murray either. But yet, some people say he's going to go early in the first. So it just clearly put potential for him to, to be taken by the Green Bay Packers, even at 30. Same with Patrick Queen. I have to assume he's going to go early, but I don't know. Justin Jefferson, exact same situation with wide receiver. I think it's possible he falls to 30. Um, it's also possible he goes very, very early. And it's possible the Packers trade up, so who knows? Xavier McKinney, very unlikely. There's the running backs. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's unlikely. I don't think it's impossible, especially when you consider very likely that there's going to be a lot, if not every single one of these running backs available at 30, and the fact that they're probably going to be the best available talent, right? Because the only reason they haven't gone yet is because they're running backs, and nobody wants to take running backs that early. So very, very likely that when the Packers pick, the best value, the best players available are going to be running backs. Now, do they take running backs or continue to let them pass? I would assume pass, but it's worth considering. It could be a running back. I'm going to skip all these edge rushers, although A.J. Epinesa is not impossible. Not only could he be there at 30, but the fact that he could be playing inside and be sort of a DeForest Buckner type, which is the 49ers, which obviously everybody wants to be the 49ers, not impossible cornerback, I don't think is impossible at all. Christian Fulton could be a a candidate. Jeff Gladney very possibly could be a pick at 30. Uh, Cesar Ruiz, interior offensive lineman. Are we going to say that that's not a need? I'm assuming they're not going to do it because it's not a super high value thing and they're not going to want to give up on Billy Turner. And obviously Elton's not going anywhere, but he does play center. So it could be one of those things where You know, I I know I keep trying to push Lindsley out, and it's not because I don't like him. It's just because it seems like something the Packers would do after, you know, this next year. He's gone. We got Ruiz to fill in, and also, let's just be honest, Billy Turner isn't going to last. Zach Bond at linebacker, I had him go in the mock. Very reasonable pick at 30 or in and around. Uh, Dobbins again running back. Blacklock is a possibility. Jordan Love, I really, 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 really hope that's not it. But it could be Jalen Rager, of course, Josh Jones, of course, Brandon Ayuk, of course, T. Higgins, definitely, Trayvon Trayvon Diggs, absolutely could be. And even the safeties, if you think about it, it's not impossible. Because again, we're looking at linebacker, but we're, we're maybe not looking hard enough at the prospect of getting sort of a box safety, right? So Grant Delpit could be sort of that kind of guy that's going to play alongside Christian Kirksey to be sort of the coverage linebacker that's also going to stand in and and, and, you know what Josh Jones did um AJ Terrell another corner Denzel Mims LaVisca Chenault Clyde Edwards Elair Jalen Johnson Austin Jackson Justin Matabuike I mean I'm literally just listing names that if if they said it I wouldn't be super shocked Marlon Davidson because of what was said I guess I'll say maybe uh Noah Igbenogany cornerback could be Gallimore possibly Michael Pittman, I wouldn't think so, but there's been more hype. And again, I, I just think from watching him, he's a better prospect than Mims. Doesn't have the athleticism, but it doesn't matter because Mims's athleticism doesn't show up on the field anyways. Jeremy Chin, a lot of people think of him as a possible second-round pick for the Packers. Who's to say they don't take him in the first? Ezra Cleveland, not a fan, but possible. K.J. Hamler, again, very unlikely, but possible. Ashton Davis, that's one of Mark Jarvis's favorite prospects. He's actually been rising quite a bit. Um, he's actually as high as 27 on some of these big boards. That's the other thing. You look at where some of these guys are on big boards, you got Damon Arnett, cornerback out of Ohio State. He's as high as 22. He's as low as 122, but he's as high as 22. So, I mean, it's just, the list goes on forever. You know, there's Cole Komet. There's Isaiah Wilson, the tackle. And every time I think, okay, they're not going to go much further than that, I remember, oh, yeah, we're fans of the Green Bay Packers. Of course they could take somebody later. Jordan Elliott, defensive line. Bryce Hall, corner. Chase Claypool just shoot me in the stomach. Zach Moss. <laughs> I you know, I mean Brian Edwards, I, I keep wanting to stop, but Lucas Nyang, I I wouldn't be mad if they took him at thirty. Most people would, I wouldn't. He's here at seventy five. The highest anybody has him is forty one, but still I don't care. Jalen Hurts. I hope not. Who knows? My man Raquan. Again, I'm the only person on planet Earth that wouldn't riot, but I don't care. Take him at thirty. Okay, maybe not at 30, but still. So, massive list. And if it's not any of those guys, I don't know, man. I mean, there's, you know, there's Troy Dye. Is that impossible? Donovan Peoples Jones. Nobody's really gotten hyped. Since the Combine, nobody's got hyped on him, but he was getting a lot of hype for a long time. And if we believe what Gudikun says, that the tape is what matters, not so much the Combine and the rest of this stuff then maybe the early hype on Donovan is more relevant than the fact that he's fallen since he's not as impressive at the Combine as some of these guys like Denzel Mims. I don't know. Point is, man, I mean, you can list 50 guys easily. Easily. Now, we'll start ripping some of these names off as we go, and I I do want to do a stream. I got to get that figured out when I get home. Just head down here and figure out all the logistics and how this is going to look. But I want to try to get a list up and start crossing these names off as we go along. And uh, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. But just really start looking at a lot of these names that you think it's it's not going to be right. Because we're we're we, there's a list of 50 names, right? Let's just call it 50. We're convinced on it's only going to be three. And people get nuts about, oh, it's definitely not going to be that. That person's definitely not going to make it. He's definitely not going that early. It's the Green Bay Packers, man. 100,000% it's going to be somebody that you never talked about. You're going to watch somebody's highlights tonight that you've never watched before. That's what's going to happen tonight. Man, I'm just, I, I don't know. I got to go, but um, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm freaking out a little bit. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you, well, I guess tonight. Uh, jump on the Packernet uh, Facebook page. That's where that stream is going to be. I'll, I'll broadcast it in the group as well, but, you know, just, just like the page, please. Do me a big favor. I'm really trying to build that up. i have got big goals for the end of the year. Uh, Facebook has it set up you got to hit these certain markers, and my goal is by the end of this year, I will have hit those markers, and they're pretty lofty goals. So go like the page, please. I will talk to you all tonight, I hope. Have yourselves a great day, and uh, it's go time, man. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.